Hi everyone, welcome to the 11th chapter of this fantastic novel that we are co-creating called Against the Grain. I'm Eric, we're with Max and Trace, and today we are going to talk about something that's very, very uh, uh, recent in, in terms of it being December 10th and uh, it's freezing out, the weather's awful. Um, Last time, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it struck me by surprise, fellas. But uh, cold weather. Why do we love it? Why do we hate it? Max? We hate it. That's what we hate. But I personally haven't been in extremely cold weather since for about, I don't know, like uh, two years. I lived in Idaho for the last two years before this year, and... It, during the winter, it's mostly like 30s, 40s, and 50s, so I haven't experienced cold weather like maybe you guys have for yeah. the past two years, especially last year, but um, um, yeah, no, being back, I just realized how much I hate Minnesota winters. Yeah, for real. Um, now, as many people know, in my life, I actually bought an e-bike. Uh, so an electric bicycle that, that helps you pedal, if not, just drives for you. And, um, so that's impossible to ride in this cold weather. It's too cold. I feel like Han Solo riding his Tauntaun. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's too cold for that. So, uh, uh, Chase, you ride, you ride a bicycle, right? Uh, not anymore. Not, <laughs> not this season. It's, uh, it's getting far too cold for that. Far too icy. Yeah. So how have you uh, changed the way you you get to work in class and stuff like that? Um, I mostly just take the bus. Otherwise, if I'm going somewhere that other people are going, I just catch a ride with them. Okay. Uh, has it become? Have you noticed it ever becoming more inconvenient for you that you can't just kind of go when you want to go? It's got to be scheduled. Is that is that is that kind of a pain? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, because it kind of takes away, like, a chunk of my time, like, approaching and coming from it, because, like, it'll be maybe 20 minutes that I have to, like, assign out of my schedule to, you know, be on the bus or right. something like that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, they're not always reliable either. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Yeah. It, it, I've noticed it's gotten sort of better this year, I guess, but in the past, they the buses have been pretty inconsistent. You ever miss something really big waiting for the bus or like ever had like a really bad day waiting or, for the bus or just like yeah, anything like, like the that? perfect storm. Um, I've accidentally gotten on the wrong bus before. Ooh, been there. Yeah. It took me two hours out of my way. I had to sit the entire trip cause it was like one of the ones that goes sort of toward the edge of town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was just steaming. I, yeah. I was, I was unhappy. I was an unhappy camper. I, I played on my phone for the majority of the trip, but it still didn't change the fact that I really didn't want that to happen. Yeah. Was there, was there an option for you to, to hit the like stop button or stop cord? I should say. Well, yes, but that wouldn't really, really helped me. Put you in the middle of nowhere. Probably basically. Yeah. And then you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, yeah, no, I, I've done that before. My sister actually, and, and my cousin about a year and a half ago, they got on a bus and it took them kind of like you, but, Took him to even farther in St. Cloud. I think it was the farthest bus that goes out 
for something like that. And uh, it took probably an hour and a half to two hours to just kind of get back on schedule to where they need to be. So missing that bus can really, really ruin days. Oh, yeah. I almost thought about taking the bus in Idaho just to get in between classes to save gas. Didn't try it once. Yeah. <laughs> I could have gotten it for free, too, because of... Uh, being a student? Yeah, being a student. Yeah, and I thought about it at first, but then I was like, I can't account for traffic. I can't account for them being late. Right. Can't account for, you know, them well, picking up other people. So we, I didn't even try it. Do you ever uh, feel a certain way when you, like, you know you're going to be late to class, so you're just kind of like, I don't want to be the guy that walks in late, so I'm just not going to go, type thing? Does that I, happen to you guys? I almost did that first day because I couldn't, I didn't figure out which building I'm at because the school I had, it was, there was one that was, like, in a different town. I lived in Boise, but there was also a town called Nampa that was about 20 minutes away, and that's where, like, most of the like the school actually is yeah. like the actual school, but it also has like different buildings. Like there will be like a, I can't remember. I think it was called like the, it had a different name. It was like a specific kind of building. It was just a branch off of the school basically in Boise. So I couldn't figure out where my first class was at seven in the morning. I overslept by like 10 minutes. So I was already freaking out. And then I had no idea where this place was. I finally find it. I don't know where the room is. Yeah. So I have to ask everybody. I'm like, all right, where's the room? Show up. I'm 20 minutes late. Did, did it go well, though? It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Luckily, my teacher wasn't too, wasn't one of those people that made a big scene about it. They were kind of just like, oh, you're late. And I was like, yep, new to the area, you know. Yeah. Only lived here for like a month, so <laughs> not quite too versed in it, so. Wasn't too bad, but you know, I almost thought that I should just leave. Yeah. Like not even show up. Just be like, "Yep, I'll show up next time." Yeah, I actually did that last semester too, but I, I didn't go to class because he locked the door, and I'm not about to knock on a brand new class. <laughs> I don't know this professor from Adam, so I I just I, I try it, didn't open, uh, went home. I was like, that sucks. But then I found out, you know, obviously the next couple of days that he locked it all the time. And literally everybody can just knock. He's not a bad, he wasn't a bad professor at all. Damn, man. Yeah, I was like, well, that sucks. But yeah. Still pastor. That's what counts, right? Okay. I was going to say no repercussions. No repercussions. I was going to say one class that I had, if you didn't show up on time for the first day, you're automatically out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just done. Wow. Right there. They should make that, they should put that in an email. Yeah. Uh, well, they did. Okay. I didn't miss it because it was like an end of the day kind of thing. Because like my classes were like seven in the morning, then I had one at eleven. Yeah. Then I had one at five. Okay. So, like, I wasn't like too all over the place, or I wasn't running in between classes. Like after my first class, just go home, have some breakfast, chill out till eleven, go to class at eleven, go back home, chill till five. There you go. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Yep. It's a pretty chill situation. I uh, I remember another reason that kept me from going to classes was the uh, the cold weather, you know, uh, and and that has become a recurring theme this year, and I'm sure it's going to happen in spring semester. But it keeps me it keeps me in bed, you know. When I'm warm in bed, I know it's freezing outside. I'm just I'm not about to go and just freeze my nards off trying to get to class. <laughs> you have a heater in your room? I do. Okay. Yeah. 
I was going to say, because my room is cold as shit. I have to wear, I have to have two blankets. One of them is just a big ass quilt that I basically like cocoon myself in just to keep myself warm. Yeah. So, but. No, it, what, what, what really, what I think about though, is, uh, is all those less fortunate uh, people out there that, uh, uh, who don't have homes to go to in, the, in these kind of, in this kind of weather. Like, uh, you know, remember last year, the polar vortex? Oh, my God. Polar, <laughs> polar vortex? Polar vortex. Yeah, I yeah. said that yesterday, too. Um, but the polar vortex, um, that killed my car battery. I mean, and that, and that's, Like at, when it was negative 50 degrees? Yeah. Fun fact, it was 50 degrees oh, at the exact same day it was. That is a fun, fun fact. And a warm one for you. A hundred degree difference yeah. in our two areas. Yeah. So that was cold. But what I think about though is is where do these uh, these kind of homeless people go? I know I know when I'm working at the hotel that they do walk in and they, and, I, and personally I let them stay longer than they should because there's a rule that we have we have to kick them out after a certain time. I do let them stay. What's the time limit? Time limit is they they're, probably they're not supposed to be in there at all. But uh, what I've seen other people do is kick them out around eight thirty nine. But I leave them I leave them there until I have to go home. Oh, so it's not like uh, you can keep them in there for an hour. It's just like you know, at a certain time they will have to be out. Yeah, but mm-hmm. okay. But at the but at the same time they're not even supposed to be in there, and that goes for anybody, not just homeless people. But if you're not a guest, you can't be in there because of the security violation. Okay. But um, so I, I do I do feel for these people. Um, it, it's it's tough. But what I've found though is that. Uh, you know, is there other other options in Saint Cloud? Do you guys know of anything that, uh, like, I you know, is Place of Hope something like that? Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a place for like homeless people. Is it to just like come and stay? I think that's more for like, um, like maybe people who aren't as financially set, okay. like not necessarily yeah. homeless, but yeah. like they do have jobs, but yeah. they aren't doing so well. Okay. I th- at least that's what I think. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Right. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, but I'm I'm assuming there might be like some shelters yeah. somewhere. Something. Yeah, like that. looking it up, there's a there's a couple spots in Saint Cloud that are available. Um, I'm not personally familiar with any of them really, but I don't know Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, and like you said, Place of Hope. Um, oh, it is okay. Otherwise, earlier this season, I heard on the radio there was a. A, a drive of sorts that the radio is sponsoring uh, in cooperation with one of these local organizations to like give winter coats to homeless people, specifically homeless people of like college age, because there are, I guess, an astonishing amount of those age people who are homeless. Was in this that, area. was that like a, uh, something that was uh, done like outside? Yeah. Okay. I believe I saw that. I, like where they had like a bunch of mannequins with clothes outside. Yep. Okay. Yes, I do remember. Oh, that. yep. Actually, that was with uh, that that was that took place at our hotel. It was the Pathways for Youth. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was college age people that they were targeting, but also anybody in, in who needed it. Really. Right. Um. Yeah, and, and it, I was reading this New York Times article that uh, that was from last year during the the polar vortex mm-hmm. uh, that this this man from Chicago was uh, telling a story to this reporter that he said that it was cold and he, he was afraid and, and rightfully so but he, and he said the real reason is people don't like to go in those shelters because 
uh, people steal things that are yours. Uh, there's a real case of, you know, getting sick and bed bugs and things like that. So it's, it's when people, when you're driving by, I mean, you can be, you can be so ignorant to the fact that, you know, it's so easy to just go to a shelter. Well, there's reasons why that person's freezing right now because yeah. he's probably took advantage of before, you know? So, um, I think, I, I think wonder everybody has a good misunderstanding about why. I wonder what, if not to go into the shelter, what their plan is, especially during an event such as, uh, like, yeah, negative 50 or so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure too. Like, I don't think they get the information as fast as anybody. So it's gotta be, well, I can't of... imagine unless somebody's just hollering at them on the street be right. like, Hey, it's negative 50 degrees tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, or maybe if they, I don't know if, stores still have this where they have like TVs like in like, sure, the I'm window sure display yeah. and, okay. and newspapers and stuff like that who give a weekly forecast that they can just steal probably or this or probably look yeah. look at uh, he did say in the article this man that uh, he was just trying to get a $45 motel room for the night because he had heard that the weatherman said that you shouldn't be outside at all really for two minutes I think it was but um so yeah, just just trying to do his best to get a motel room. Because there were like six people that died during like what was it like the three days that yeah. it happened. Yeah, something like that. I, I remember say. hearing about that. And but I wonder if you know something such as you know not even a motel room, you know, just asking around and stuff like that. Like even like maybe not even in like a negative 50 degree weather but even just in like regular winter weather like maybe like zero negative 10 because i i remember when i was in boise there's a lot of there's a lot of homeless people in boise mm -hmm. like there was uh this downtown there was this bridge where like it was just a city of like blankets and down. yeah where like they all had like all of them just sat around it was next to a skating park and everything but this was during the summer, so I didn't know what they would do. But they seemed like they were even still really cold then and stuff. But even during the winter, there was this regular uh, intersection where this same guy came out every day to ask for money. And that's mm -hmm. what he did just every day. The same spot. Mm -hmm. Same sign for about the whole two years I lived there. And now, do you think that that was uh, genuine, or do you think that because there have been cases that people do misrepresent themselves to get extra cash on the side? Um, he did come into my uh, work. I do think he's homeless. I just think that at the end of the day, I think he manages to scrape up enough to maybe get a cheap motel room. Okay. Cause there are there are really cheap motel rooms in Boise, like really like run down places that might not be the best, mm -hmm. but you know for someone like him, like that's like yeah a yeah, place yeah. of relief. Yeah, anything anything will will do. Yeah, hot shower and stuff like that. So. But I mean, even like there was this sad time where this man, or this elderly man, like really elderly man, and he was like a war veteran because he had a you know, the cap and like the stuff and everything and his name and everything. Mm -hmm. And he was standing outside of little Caesars. Cause I went to go get pizza after work and he, and he walked up to me and he asked me if he could wash my windows 
for like a couple bucks, just enough to get like a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And he was just, he had a cane and everything. He was like slunched over and he had like the little window scraper and uh, I don't know like what you, or something yeah, like something you spray windows with. And like I started walking and I was like, I can't make, like it was snowing too. Like I'm saying this is winter and it was snowing. Now I, I couldn't, I couldn't let that guy just, you know, stand out here in the cold, you know, washing people's windows for a cheeseburger. So I reached in, I had 10 bucks, five bucks paid for the pizza. I just gave him the other five bucks and I'm like, here, go buy like five cheeseburgers or something. Oh, he had to feed his wife. He asked for enough to at least get like a cheeseburger or something for him and his wife. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. But it was, I remember driving away and it was just, it was really sad because he was out there in the winter Mm -hmm. asking people just to like wash their windows just to get enough to eat. Right. And a cheeseburger at McDonald's is like a buck. Right. So. Yeah, I've, um, I've actually had a, a homeless veteran come in through uh, the hotel too. And, and, and actually just, I gave him like a Pepsi and stuff like that. Anything I could do. Cause he was, he, he said he wanted a pop or whatever. So I just gave it to him and I called him a cab. Actually, he wanted me to call the cops on him so they could take him home. But, um, take him home. Yeah. Cause he couldn't afford a cab, but oh. he, it was kind of suspicious because apparently he was known around the area as the mouthwash guy. So he'd be drinking mouthwash as alcohol to get a buzz. So he, he, he had a, he had a big old bottle of, you know, mouthwash in his jacket and he just kept drinking it. And, uh, so I got kind of suspicious and he said he couldn't afford a cab and he opened his bill phone under like probably $50 in there. So that was surprising. And then he's like, can I give you anything for your, for your time and patience? I'm like, no, but you can get a cab though. Right. <laughs> so, that, so I get, I get kind of overcautious, I think. And, I, and it's not really fair to anybody in the situation, but I've been, I've been taken advantage of before. It's like, come on guy, just, just live your life. Stop trying to do this stuff kind of thing. Cause he, cause he did live at a house. I found out he had his house. Uh, he was just playing the part, but he did have a drinking problem. So he's drinking obviously the mouthwash cause he can't afford an actual bottle of booze. So, but, um, yeah, he, he had me call his group home or whatever, wherever he was living. And that guy had to come pick him up at like, like midnight. Damn. Yeah. Apparently the cops know him too, because now there's, they're putting up signs and stuff that said, don't let this guy into your establishment. Hmm. So it's, it, it's, it's tough. It's a tough, it's all based on judgment. Chase, do you have any experiences like that? Uh, no, I've I don't think I've ever really uh, had any run-ins or experiences with people who are actually homeless. Um, but I I do know the sort of situation. Like I would feel bad for anybody who's having to go like beg around for scraps or something when it's all cold outside. Yeah. And even with the argument of like, oh, you know, this person they're just they're just begging for money. They don't even need it. Or like this person just gonna go buy booze with it. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that doesn't even matter so much just because that's such a cynical, like look at it. And if I were to like, be like, no, you're not getting anything because I feel it because I, you know, suspected that that might be the case. Like I could be turning somebody down who 
has a perfectly good reason to be needing the money. And if it's like five or 10 bucks, that's not going to put me out so much. So it, it won't bother me. And I'm going to feel bad if I am mean about it. Yeah. Uh, so would you, would, would you guys wager that there could be different options for these, for these people that are going through it? Like, uh, do you think minimum wage affects that? Do you think it's enough to live off of? Oh yeah. I, I have, uh, I have some issues with minimum wage just because first of all, it hasn't kept up with inflation, which it's supposed to do. Um, I know in some places it's getting updated to $15 an hour by, I think 2022 or 2021 um, or as soon as next year, actually in some places, but even then like that doesn't, that still hasn't kept up with inflation at all. And the whole reason of minimum wage, it's beginning definition was to be, you know, the smallest wage you could reasonably support a house and a family with. Right. But it's clearly not so much that anymore. So you'd be on the side that that uh, it, it doesn't matter how people use their money; it's still not enough. Like you don't think there could be a, a budgeting process that could be involved in their lives that just isn't working? Or do you think that they are just open with their money? Anything goes. Budgeting is nice, and it certainly does help. Um, but at a certain point, there's not really much you can budget for, right. like there is a certain level of quality that people need to expect with their food. You know, it, people can get just the shittiest, cheapest food there is, but they're not going to be healthy. Like they're going to get sick all the time because they're eating just trash. That's right. super cheap for them. And if, if they don't earn enough money, you know, they don't, their wage isn't high enough or they don't work enough hours or something like that, then they, can't afford to say pay rent and get their food. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the month, that's really all that matters. Yeah. Max. Um, I've never had a problem with minimum wage. I do agree with chase that for some people it can be a problem. And I do as a 10 to his uh, last point, I eat a lot of shitty food. Mm -hmm. Like I buy a lot of cheap shitty food, but that's just because that's how I've always been. You know, when I lived in Idaho, you know, the minimum wage was $7 out there. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, it was a little cheaper living, I guess. Well, you, you, you told me that you paid way more than you pay now. Well, so, but that's also for like two people compared to the four that. How much we, was it again for two people? Two people it was about 400 each. Okay. So, I mean, if we had the same amount, it would only be that's, like that's 200. That's comparable then, I'd yeah. around here, so. Yeah. yeah Plus, it was a good apartment, so it wasn't, like, good neighborhood, too. But, uh, yeah, no, I've, but I've also never experienced that problem maybe so much just because I've always had, my mother and my father have always been, like, really, like, on it with, like, how you spend your money mm -hmm. and, like. My mom would usually, especially when I was out in Idaho, she's like, was afraid that I would spend money like way too harshly, which I did sometimes and they did have to bail me out sometimes and I'm grateful. Right. So like, and it, it wasn't because I was not working enough. It was mainly because of just 
because I would go out and I would, after buying food for like the week, I'd go out to eat twice a week mm -hmm. or I'd, you know, drive around with friends and then I'd have to put more gas, gas and then needed. Could have just been saved. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. So, but I mean, well, yeah, you, I suppose, but I mean, yeah. I guess I also don't, I don't, I don't do much. Do you think it would be enough to uh, support a family and pay health insurance? Definitely not a family. Okay. Like, but then again, I'm only, I think minimum wage gets to be a problem when it's the family thing, but right. like when it's yourself, like, especially like as a young adult, I don't think, uh, you know, I think there can be some problems, but also I think a budget can be good. I yeah. don't know. Sometimes I think, you know, in getting the cheaper food is good. You know, maybe you buy a little bit of cheap food and then you buy a little bit of something good. Who knows? I don't know. It's all, it's all a toss up. It depends upon how you want to live your life. It depends upon if you want to go out to eat a couple of times a week. It depends upon if you like, you know, say if you like collect like books or something, if you buy a lot of books, if you buy a lot of movies, if you go out, it's a lot of stuff that factors into that. But I definitely can agree that like when it comes to like families and maybe students, sometimes minimum wage, because I hardly was, I was scraping by my first semester of college because I working part time and then also having school yeah. wasn't paying the bills. So with minimum wage and especially part-time jobs and any job for that matter, you get an option to, uh, you know, how much percent you want taken out for taxes. Uh, if you guys don't want to answer, uh, how much do you guys have? Like, I think it's like, what, 2%, 1%, 0%? Do you guys get everything back in a paycheck or do you get some taken out? I always get some taken out just because, it, you know, it helps. And then, and you, you know, that awesome awesome tax refund right. at the beginning of Unless the year. Unless you make too much. You gotta pay yeah, but am I making too much? And that's the problem. Uh, yeah. Am I making so, too much, though? Well, it's not always an issue of whether you're making too much. Uh, it can just be dependent on uh, the situation you're in, specifically. I, I mean, yes, in a certain situation, if you make up to a certain amount of money, you're going to be having to pay more in your taxes later. Yeah, because you put in a tax bracket. Right, but it's not always the same sort of situation just flat out with your earnings. Like what? it it because it, it is dependent on like other situations. Like if you're married or single, right. yeah. you're uh, in the areas you're in, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just referring to us though being single people. Right. So if you make what over I think what 20,000 is the poverty line or something like that. I I couldn't tell you. I think I just I looked up something, but if you make over that, you, or something, I think it's $21,000 a year. So if you make over that, you're in a different tax bracket and you get taxed as such. And that kind of can, can hurt a lot of people, you know, when it comes down to raising a family and stuff. But uh, in Minnesota, the uh, minimum wage is $9.86, which uh, before taxes amounts to 20488 That's minimum wage. So like I just a said. A year? Yeah. Okay. So the poverty line, which I said was around twenty to $21,000, that's right there. It's right on the line. 
So I think in their minds, whoever's, you know, the, the system or whatever, that's okay. Cause that's the minimum, right? If the poverty line is just right above or right below they're doing in their minds, they're doing the, the right thing. So, and I think the poverty line is optimistic, honestly, because at minimum wage, um, like your earnings, like you said, around <coughs> 20,000, that's really, that's not a lot considering having to pay for food, for rent, and potentially for other people and expenses. Um, I know I make a few dollars above minimum wage per hour, and I I would not be able to support uh, myself and my girlfriend in the place that we live. I, I wouldn't be able to pay full rent and food. Um, so we, we do need two earners to support that. Um, so minimum wage, it doesn't quite get there. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, let's see here. The average minimum, um, like rent around Minnesota is actually $1,000 and $1,014. And compared to the U.S. average, that is, the U.S. average is $1,148 a month for a two-bedroom. So if you have a kid, let's say you're raising a, a kid and either you're single or with somebody that's still, I mean, that's kind of coming close. You'd say it, you'd think, right? I mean, you'd, you, like you said, you need a second earner to make that work. Make mm -hmm. that baby get a job. Yeah, and that those uh, those numbers are coming from bestplaces.net slash cost of living. But um, yeah, so, but with that, I take, I take, I got to think about it though, because if you raise minimum wage and then over, over what a five to 10 year span, everything just kind of gets back up to normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you're still going to be like, Oh, we need more now. So when, when does one say this isn't even the solution? This is just a for now this is a short run. We need to think long run. You know, what do you guys think? Like, think about that. Mm -hmm. Do you, do, would you agree with that it's more of a short-term situation? Like if we raise it to 15, then people will be happy for the next five to 10 years. But Well, yeah, I think I think periodic adjustments are the way to go about it. Um, you know, considering that sort of inflation situation where it is going to change every decade or so, um, having it increase nominally along those intervals are going to help the situation and I'm pretty sure that's going to be the way it's it'll have to go if you know inflation is going to keep up which by all rights it will okay with that though would it become too much though like you're making $20 an hour just to make ends meet doesn't that seem a little ridiculous well it does to us now because we're not used to that sort of thing be well, because I think, I think making $9 is ridiculous to be honest 986 because why, why are things, you know, obviously there's, there's supply and demand and stuff like that. But if, if things are, if everything is brought down together, you know, brought back down and it's, it starts going in the other direction, you can maintain, um, having uh, smaller wages if things tend to come back down to, to level headed. Right. I mean, if you look at, uh, I know this is an extreme example, but uh, when Germany started making their own marks, they were paying a million marks for a loaf of bread. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's in the future. If it keeps going this way at some point, obviously not for a while, but it, it's when do you, when do you say, okay, we got to restart kind of, you know? Right. It's, 
definitely not a situation that has been, you know, for sure solved in the past. Uh, inflation is just sort of a trend that will always happen in a, a changing population such right. as America has, um, because, you know, more people are appearing, more money has to be made, more money's in circulation. And so because there's more money around, companies will start charging more for things. Right. And that's why dollars become less valuable. Yeah, right. So with that, though, would it be too foreign of, a, of, a, of an idea to try and be like, hey, guys, we need, to, we need to go back in the other direction now and start paying, you know, such and such for gas, but you can only still kind of make this this much, you know? I don't know. I would wonder how you would start that. Though. Right. I would wonder. It's a thought, but I'm just wondering how you would even go about even trying that. Don't ask me, man. I just work here. <laughs> right. Um, so the issue with it, as I understand, is if, say, there was no inflation or deflation, which means that in a society there's going to be an exact amount of money per person that is floating around in the economy. Um, and as we have it now, the system is exploitable where a, a certain few people are able to hoard and amass wealth. And so if they have so much wealth, that means other people are for sure having less than they're supposed to. Um, so it's not something that I have a solution for. I, I uh, certainly don't have any sort of plan to put forth as to how to keep money as valuable as it should be and to get to let people have as much as they should be. But there is a concept floating around. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about it. Um, but it's called universal basic income. Yeah. Max? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the general concept is that uh, every person, every adult who, you know, is in, an, is in this civilization, this society. Um, this will, is a society. Yeah, we do live in a society. But they will be earning, they will be receiving a certain amount of money per, you know, period, per interval of time. And the idea is that this will let them live their life. They'll be able to pay their bills. They'll be able to buy their food and any extra money they get from that or from the job they work will be able to go to them for their own purposes. Um, so it's just basically that's the money you get this month for like rent and food and shit. Basically. Yeah. Hopefully with, with the idea that you're using it for, you know, the right things. And I think also I, I was, I heard or read somewhere that uh, with the extra stuff that you may have, either, you know, use it wisely, obviously, but at the end of the day, it's still your money to use whenever you want. But I think the goal was to try and reinvest it back into the economy with through, you know, the stock market and stuff like that. So right, just to keep it thriving and to keep the, you know, the money's going around. Well, that's the idea, too, is if we forcibly put money back into the hands of the people, they're bound to spend it. And if they spend it, like you said, the economy is moving. Mm -hmm. And if for every adult person who's receiving this universal basic income, they put it back into the system, that means that the whole system is going to be better off for it. Like more goods are going to move around, more services are going to be performed, and people are going to be able to have the living situation that 
is you know livable okay right comfortably like right. a good quality of life basically uh, when it comes to finances yeah right quality of life is a good thing to bring up too like we were talking about with the cold like people need to be able to exist comfortably to be able to exist reasonably you know like people will be able to live and survive off of a certain amount of money each month but to do so they may have to you know malnourish themselves buying cheap shitty food or not have decent enough housing to stay warm in the winter but if they have the money they'll be able to live a proper comfortable life mm -hmm. so what do, you, what do you guys think about the idea of universal basic income do you would you personally back it i would back it if they you know got it to the point of where you know it could be could be done I'm open to the idea I think people need to be more uh, properly educated on it you know I mean it's a great idea don't get me wrong but it's for some people I know it could be a too good to be true situation so they could if there's a vote or something like that they could vote against it just because they don't know what's to come with it um, whether it means you know you lose part of your monthly income from your job you know, garnished wages go towards that or something like that, they wouldn't know. So it would take the proper uh, education to, to inform, you know, people who, you know, like me, who are unaware of certain things that happen just because they happen, you know. Right. So, yeah, I'd definitely back it, though. I mean, it seems foolproof, right? And that's what scares me. <laughs> so the, the education is important, too. Like, yeah, that's a good idea to bring up because a lot of the issue that comes when people are considering some sort of policy like this that deals with a good amount of taxpayer money is that they don't have the proper education on what it's going to do and they will be very susceptible to ideas that it will be doing this that harm them. Um, one, of, one of the things I feel personally pretty strongly about is that people, um, they feel like it's a zero-sum game where there's a certain amount of good that can happen to people and if they, you know, buy into this plan, then maybe they won't get the good they should have and somebody else is going to get it. But I think the concern should be more about how much good can be spread amongst the most amount of people. Because if that's going to happen, then it's going to, by default, spread around to everybody. Right. So do you think that uh, it, would, it would come down to people saying, well, it's my money, why do you get it type thing when it comes to you know, wealthy people or people who have the idea that they're wealthy. Yeah, I think that's always sort of the issue, though, right. too. Like, I know it's sort of a hot-button topic, but uh, Medicare for All, uh, I know several candidates for presidency are talking about that, um, how, you know, the people deserve health care. Everybody needs to be able to trust and rely on a universal medical plan. Yeah. Um, and people are being told that it's going to cost them so much money and it's going to be unaffordable. People are going to be poor and broke because of it. But uh, most of the time when the numbers are run, you know, this government run taxpayer uh, funded plan for Medicare for all is going to cost most people less than their current medical insurance. But isn't also the problem with that is that then um, 
isn't I think I heard this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about this issue. I've just heard it partly. But isn't that then that uh, sometimes like in Canada, you might not get seen right away. You know, you might have to be get stuck with like a back injury for like a year or something like that. Um, I know that has been uh, an issue that is thrown around a lot. I personally don't am not very well informed about it. Um, I think though it's based on a priority system, like where if it's, you know, of course a bad injury, then you're going to be seen quicker uh, as opposed to somebody with, you know, something more minor. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure just because I don't go to like the hospital, like nearly at all. I don't know much about, I'm pretty healthy basically all the time. So I I don't really know much about that. I think the goal is it's, it's. I like the goal. It's it's not that people are going to be abusing it, because I know my sisters work in the health health care field, and uh, they have regular people who are just in the hospital because you know some some reason, you know, and whether it's true or not, they're just there. So if it's universal, I know there's a, there's a thing where people are going to be abusing it. You know, oh this hurts, this hurts, this hurts, and they all get treated before somebody who actually needs it. That's where I think the that that what you just said comes from like that thought. Uh, however, I know in, when Australia and, and places who have universal health care, they get a broken arm, they go in there, right? Emergency, they get it. It's done. It's good to go. Uh, it's taken care of because people don't abuse it when they know it's there typically, you know, it kind of makes everybody, but they get all put on the same level is what I'm trying to say. Like, Nobody's trying to be in there more or say they hurt more than somebody else. It's just e- equal. So if you I can't imagine injury, that someone would go in there and try and abuse it. If you didn't have to go there, why would you want to go there? Yeah, well, Hell, I don't even want to go to the doctor when I do need to. Right. Cause fuck those guys. Uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I think not. Not actually, though. I'm just saying. Throwing things now. Uh, yeah, not actually, though. I'm just saying that one time I was pretty sick. I went into the emergency room. And they basically just came out with an I don't know after two hours, and then I had about to pay about 300 bucks for an I don't know. So, Yeah, I think a lot of the issue, especially with that sort of thing, comes from how privatized Medicare is, or you know, medical assistance in general, where it's a lot of companies running medical insurance uh, and you know, deciding which doctors are under the umbrella and who's covered where and when and under what conditions and that sort of thing. Uh, and where a lot of times people are going to be put out so much just for, you know, getting sick or getting injured when it really, in most cases, isn't their fault. Um, I have a pretty recent article from uh, CNBC from February of this year um, about bankruptcy. And it says two thirds of people who file for bankruptcy cite medical issues as a key contributor to their financial downfall. It says, uh, quoted from there. Um I could believe it because say you Max, you get into a car accident and you break your leg and you break your hip. You got to go to the emergency room, get all that fixed, you know, and you have to go in there for repeat visits and physical therapy and medicines and injections. That's going to cost you a fuckload of money and you won't be able to pay it. No, I will not. And you're going to go into medical debt. It's going to garnish your wages every month and you're not going to be able to pay it. Damn man. And that's so the situation at that point. <laughs> just, just like a horse. He's had a good life. Just like a horse. Take you out back. 
So we'll yell her. But that's the thing. Like, people will be destroyed by not getting the care they need when they need it. Um, and if they do get the care they need, it's going to be so expensive as the, you know, like the example. Um, because sort of, right now, the, the care is sort of rationed, you could say. Like, there's, a, there's only like, oh, so much care that people can get. And if you can't pay for it, you don't get the ration. Whereas on uh, a government-funded, subsidized universal Medicare, or, you know, care for all, um, it's not going to be based on, oh, there's only so much. It's going to be where everybody gets to. It's not something that can be easily visualized, but the, the general concept of being able to care for everybody in the long run will be able to put more money back into the economy based on people not having to pay so much for medical medical debt or other you know medical related expenses and people are going to be able to be healthier and happier in general okay. i know that's sort of a tangent that i am going on but what do you guys think well i'm down for i'm down for it if it ever I'm, gets there i'm down for people living their best life and i'm also down for our taxes fixing potholes <laughs> because holy cow you know what? The, the great thing about wintertime and all this snowfall is that over time, snow gets packed into those said uh, potholes, and then they fix themselves for the until what? Or they, can make, August? Them, they can make them, them the worse, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm just joking around here. Oh, no, of course. I'm just saying they also can make them worse. So I think we should start paying taxes to uh, Mother Nature because she's been taking care of those potholes more than our local. Government I don't think Mother Nature put those potholes there. She actually did. She yeah, um, if you if you look at, uh, especially around St. Cloud State campus, I know the roads there are made of uh, as durable materials as the you know roads in the main city, uh, city proper have been. I know last winter, with all the snow and rain and freezing and thawing and refreezing, uh, the roads were so destroyed and so torn up that you could just see the even pretty recently put down roads just being, you know, cracked and shredded up and just huge, massive potholes everywhere. And just that sort of thing. Uh, so Medicare, not Medicare, Mother Nature, my mistake. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> a little on autopilot here, but Mother Nature, uh, yeah, Mother Nature's putting those potholes there. So if we're paying taxes to Mother Nature, are we just paying a ransom? Yeah, she's a bully. <laughs> Where's my pot? Please give me, money? please make sure there's air for me tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> or else. Yeah. I, I, I do think people who die early, uh, they didn't pay their, they didn't pay their dues to Mother Nature. No? No. Um, but no. With the, nah, I was just <laughs> Mother just, Nature killed him with a car crash. With that, with that being said, though, um, how do you guys feel about the old climate change thing? I know, uh, you know, there's, there's evidence for... Dude, I want my polar bears to stay safe. Right? Those guys I love are... me some polar bears, even though I'm pretty sure if that one of them saw me, it would try to immediately yeah. rip me to shreds. You guys could but, peacefully coexist. But that is natural <laughs> as it is with animals. Yeah. Dude, I, do not, I do not blame the shark for trying to bite me. Right. I do not blame the crocodile for thinking I'm food. Yeah. If you don't want to be eaten, man, why are you made of food? Damn it! Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Gotta get our cyborg body now. There we go. But um, then I could fight them. 
<laughs> that reminds me actually real quick. Do you guys know that uh, on Mars, if they set off some nuclear bombs in there and stuff, that uh, it, it could create a climate over time? That's uh, if they, if they let's it, try it. If they did it on opposite end of the of the poles, that's a pretty simplified explanation of it. But I have heard this before, where if you, if uh, if Mars was nuked at the poles, mm-hmm. then the water would uh, unfreeze. And, there, and then, like, the nuclear holocaust or whatever that would happen. <laughs> would we create a nuclear holocaust to create a new planet for yeah, ourselves? because we, we're ruining this one if we don't pull our heads out of our asses. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a hot take, but it's a take nonetheless. It's not a hot take. It's scientific fact. No, it is, but to some people, it's it's very much an opinion. Uh, I, I disagree with those people. Uh, well, yeah, me too, strongly. <laughs> Uh, Mr. President, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much information on the subject, but I'm very scared for me and my kids. Who's having kids? Dude, I'm not scared for my kids. I'm scared for them polar bears, man. Like I said, Dude, I'll tell you what, if we should vote, if, if, if we get universal health care in the United States, the polar bears should live forever. What? Heard it here first. So are you saying universal Nine? universal healthcare for both the population of humans and the population of polar bears? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. There you go. Let's Maybe just, oversimplified. Not a lot of people let's on just board. Just be careful. <laughs> but uh, I think Hanley 2020 vote. Let's just be careful Oops. that they don't turn on us. Speaking of 2020, we don't create our worst enemy. How do you guys think feel about Andrew Yang? Dude, I'm going to be completely 1 billion percent honest. Now watch, before you say anything, he is the guy with the plan for the universal income. I I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just saying that I have no opinion on anything because I have not been following this at all. (laughs) I've kind of just been focusing on, you know, my life and whatever's on YouTube. (laughs) Fair enough. Me too. (laughs) And I I don't know, man. The last one, I just, I don't know. The last one, I was just like, it was so big. And it was the biggest, it, it was the biggest, <laughs> but it was, I don't know. It was so chaotic. I remember going to school and everybody had an opinion and everybody was in each other's faces. And yeah, I don't a- know. I just, I don't, I'm so done with uh, the presidential races, whoever it is. Good for you, man. Yeah. Or, or, or whatever. Good save. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, I get you. Yeah. It, there's a lot it's, of, there's it's a, lot a of... losing battle. Whichever side wins, somebody else loses. <laughs> somebody else is going to have a bigger, if Democrat wins, the Republicans are going to bitch about it for four years. Right. Republican wins, Democratics. Mm-hmm. I just want to do my own thing. I don't want to have a side, man. Okay. So yeah. With that... I just want to chill. <laughs> with that being said, uh, do you think it, it would it would come down to the parties then? Like th- those are more of the issue than who the no, I no, put this no, in no. quotation marks uh, American people vote in. No, 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 no. I still think that you know you individual think there be two parties. Yeah, I think individuals matter, like the individuals of the party, you know. But I don't. Well, think... my point is, do you think it's more? It's it's less progressive now because, uh, like you said. People will bitch about it for four years and they'll vote against everything. Well, no, but I still think that, you know, there's differing ideas. They both have different ideas and I don't, Right. I don't know. Well, I think, I think there are too many single issue voters and I think there are too many voters who are not educated about who's doing what. Right. And, and a lot of people, uh, or people who just do it because they belong to a 
certain side their whole life or because their parents were i think religion plays a lot into it too like let's say pro-choice and stuff like that um if if your religion's against it you're going to be politically against it odds are um but yeah so there becomes a situation that presents itself that's you know this guy wants this i don't agree with 90 percent of his other stuff but this is a big topic for me i'm going to vote for him or her or and vice versa you know so it all depends to me i really think there needs to be at least a conversation about what the hell's going on nothing's getting done it seems like well i mean they do have those discussions but like you said nothing happens during them they just bitch and say this is why you shouldn't do this person and then it's this is why you shouldn't do this person yeah there's a there's a lot of problems with putting two big personalities up on stage and then you know, eventually, like, I do believe that there could be a good conversation, but as soon as one person starts pointing their finger, the other person starts pointing their finger, and that's all it gets. I think it's, uh, I think there's too many, too much a problem of there being sort of a cult of personality, um, and not to get too much into it, but people will sort of back a person for who they perceive them to be, unless uh, based on their policies and what they will actually be doing. Kind of like if you could get a beer with them or if you could hang out with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Like you could like sit down and have a conversation with them. You think it's like that or, uh, yes, that like you wouldn't walk up to them and you wouldn't be just like, Hey, fuck you, pal. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, that, that's a, that's a good example. And another one would be where, uh, sort of an enemy of my enemy is my friend situation where if one, candidate is sort of making remarks or making plans that would uh, supposedly, uh, you know, perceivedly or realistically impact one group of people that you don't like, then you're more likely to vote for that person. Like, it seems like more of a spite thing than anything. Okay. What about third parties, gentlemen? Third parties. Third what do we par- think? Feel the Johnson. That's all I got to like say. They don't take themselves seriously. I've, yeah, but it's hard when, you know, you get... I, I remember voting last uh, for local government. Okay, I was going to say... I was voting for local government and said, legalize marijuana now was the, was their, the first thing on the on the list. I'm like, so I voted for him, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I did. But <laughs> I did. my point is, like, that's, that's, a, that's a getcha thing right there. I mean, nobody's going to read anything in the fine print after that. So third parties, I mean... That's that's a joke to me, you know. Well, that's Some, also kind of why in they that don't very, get... in that very specific narrow example. I think it's, it was a joke. One one of the issues, one of the uh, things that third parties try to do mostly is, especially that one, the le- legalized marijuana now party. It's uh, it's mostly to just get an issue out there and get the conversation going about it. Because if they can get their names and their stances on the ballots, then people will know that that's something people are talking about and thinking about. Whereas they're not really going to get voted in, but that may bring the conversation to the people who are. I don't. Is it working? I'd say so. There are presidential candidates talking about legalizing marijuana federally. Yeah. But is that, I mean, that, that's been a thing for the past, whoever knows how long. Well, of it's course. not just recent. So is it working? <laughs> like, it's still what, the what's a different one? Because, like, Legalizing marijuana has always been like yeah, a well, big thing, especially with 
third party as I remember the last like big election, the presidential one, like Gary Johnson, that was his big thing. It was oh legalizing weed, but is there like any other ones? That you know of, um, or what be, that what would be something that that started a conversation and the conversation ended with a positive outcome for that party. Not to give you too specific, I that's <laughs> a, a big one. <laughs> that that is a big one, and I don't have a specific answer for you, which is unfortunate for the conversation. Um, I know, really, the only big heavy hitter of the single issue parties is the marijuana situation. Um, the other ones have been more uh, a looser, foggier definition of what the party is doing compared to the other ones. Uh, I know a big one that uh, is sort of along those lines is libertarians, uh, where they're here for more of, you know, unrestriction, unregulation, uh, you know, let us keep our freedoms and do what we want to do sort of thing. Um, but I think that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know what I have to say about all this, uh, especially with the marijuana concept, is let them eat cake. Uh, Can you ex- tax the shit that? out of it? No. Boy, yeah, that may be too. But, you know, was that Mary Antoinette or something like that? I think so. It's supposed to be. Was that her name? Yeah. But my point was, like, it was supposed to be funny, let them eat cake because they're high. Yeah. So let them, let, them, <laughs> let them smoke weed. That's what I got to say. But with that being said... Today was more of a, a serious against the grain. We were within the grain, I would say, <laughs> to, to say something about that. Hot topics, people. Yeah. But I will say, if you want to reach out to us uh, through email, it is podcastagainstthegrain at gmail.com. Hopefully, uh, both our listeners will be able to write something in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. I love you. <laughs>